0: The Art of Leadership Network. Pre-decide how many evenings will I be out, you know, in a week and talk with my spouse. Where will I be able to put in time with my kids? And when you block in on your calendar, put a family day in there and somebody says, hey, can you meet on this day? And you're like, oh, sorry, I'm booked. Well, what is up, Church
1: Plant family? Mike Kickerson here with David Hibisky, hanging out on the Unfair Advantage. I just want to take a shout out. Uh Real quick, before we get started, to thank Generis, who is sponsoring this podcast, this episode. Um, Generis helps create an incredible generosity culture in churches. They've been super helpful to the church that I lead in Ventura called Mission Church. Uh, They've helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches. Super grateful for them. If you have any needs in the generosity culture development in your church or um, anything that you have going on, or maybe you have more vision than you have capacity financially, Generis can help you out and be great to talk to with that. So get generis. They're great. Um, Again, my name is Mike Kickerson. I live in Ventura, California, where I help lead and plant Mission Church in Ventura with three couples, my wife, three daughters, love it. Um, And the reason this podcast exists is we want to help church planters get get there faster, learn some of our lessons that we've learned, both th- through pain and through success, and be able to look back on the next generation of church planters and say, hey, this is what we wish we knew when we were planting, what we know now, what we encourage planters with. So I'm with David Hybisky. I'll let you introduce yourself,
0: my good friend. Go for it. It's great to be here with everybody today. My name is David Hibiski. Currently uh, working at Saddleback Church, um, get to be part of our executive team down here. But previously was part of two church plants, one in Fort Worth, Texas, and then one in San Jose. Both those, my perspective is came off of the uh, in the second chair role in those plant environments, and very passionate about church planting. And um, and especially for all of you who are out there right now, man, we love that you are pursuing the call that God's got on you.
1: Absolutely love church planters, people that love church planters. So there's a number of people from networks to spouses to people that are considering planting. So as we've grown in our friendship, David, and thinking through, we were just talking about what would be helpful. And all of a sudden, uh, like parenting and planting became a part of the conversation. And so uh, as we were kind of wrapping up, this year, we thought, man, that would be a great conversation to have together of like, what is it like to be in parent mode and planting mode at the same time? And a lot of planters that I know are navigating that season of helping start a young church or, a, you know, an infant church, but also have infants at home. And so, how do we do this together? So, why don't we just maybe walk through the stage or let me walk through uh, my where I am now and where we were when we planted. Yeah. And then I'd love to hear where you yeah. were. Um, so we moved to Ventura. I had um, a third grader, a kindergartner and a two-year-old. And that's when we kind of that season when we planted mission in Ventura. Now... They have grown in, That's crazy, they keep growing, it's weird, Um, but they've grown into a 22-year-old that is wrapping up college, um, and then a 19-year-old that is halfway through her freshman year of college, and then a 15-year-old, almost 16, that is a sophomore in high school. So that's the age and stage that I'm at. So where are you at?
0: Yeah, well, for my wife and I, um, when we met in Fort Worth, the first Church plant we were part of, we were in seminary and we didn't have any kids. So the beginning of both church plants for us, we were kidless. But then um, our first child was born uh, a couple years into church plant number two. Uh, in the middle of trying to renovate and move into our first building is when our child was born. So we we understand some of those tensions there. Uh, now with the stage that I am in currently. Uh my oldest daughter, she is about to turn 12 in January of 24. And then I've got a 10-year-old and I've got an eight uh, 10-year-old daughter and then an eight-year-old son. So I'm I'm still just we're just starting to hit the oh, you're so coming young. to the teenage so years you're soon. So, we're <laughs> we're still younger kids right here.
1: No, that's a great. And I think what we were uh, talking just before we recorded this, we want to make sure that there's a disclaimer. Like, we are not parenting experts by any stretch of the imagination. I joked, like, I wrote a paper my freshman year of college that was about parenting and I had it all figured out. I got an A on the paper and then I had kids and I realized I know nothing. So uh, we, we're we yeah. just going to be helpful as best we can. We have both have a student pastor background. We've been in student ministry, um, yep. which is cool. Yep. So I would say we have been around thousands. We have pastored thousands of families and thousands of students together um, through this process. And so we've seen a lot of things and that doesn't mean we're experts, but we'll just kind of be able to help. And we planted with kids. So uh, we'll kind of walk through what we've learned and you know, take it or leave it
0: as best you can. I think with that disclaimer, we are on the parenting journey with you. If you're listening to (laughs) this, we are in the middle of the journey. For some of you, hopefully we're just a little bit ahead of you and we can share our pain so that you can try to learn from that pain and not, and avoid it yeah. and not experience it. Well, let me give you if I was looking at your season, which
1: may be closer to which most planters are in, I would just, the best thing that I've heard recently is that like you are, you are kind of in the physically tired season when they're like in nursery and preschool and elementary and like even dip- just that beginning of middle school, it's physically tiring. Like they, yeah. they need all your attention. I mean, all that kind of stuff. And then what? But what you're getting ready to transition to, into is an emotional tired. Like you have to emotionally engage into middle school and high school <laughs> and beyond. So you're going to get tired that way. Yeah. It's like when they're younger, the like kids are like dogs, and they're like so happy to see you when you come home. They want to be around you all the time. They're like, like they just want to go with you. They, you know, like they're just so much fun. They want to wrestle. They want to do all the stuff. Not every kid is this way, but. Just and so they're like dogs, but then they move into teenage world. And what I've been telling people for a while now is that they turn into cats. And you're like, you didn't like. What happened to my lovable dog kid? Now they're a cat, meaning they uh, no sudden movements. Like they're going to come around on their terms. The best you can hope for is to have food out, and maybe every now and then they'll come next to you. But you can't move, or they're going to wig out and go. So uh, that's the season you're getting ready to jump into. So that, that, that's just for free. That's for fun. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk. I mean, we were chatting and we like, we both believe this. And so maybe I'll let you have like your swing at this. Like the first thing we thought is like, man, as you're parenting and planting, um, the, the main, like have a great marriage, like let your marriage be a rock. And, and and that doesn't mean that if you have struggles or fights or you got stuff you got to work on, like go in, lean in and work on it. But man, the best thing you can do for your church, the best thing you can do for your kids. Absolutely. Is to have a great marriage. You want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we talk about this, like planting and parenting, I mean, we could do a whole another podcast on just having a great marriage as a pastor, as a church planter in this. But I I think from my whole experience, most of my years um, touched next-gen student ministry, kids ministry in some kind of way. And the thing that I truly believe, even for my own family, but I have have believed and taught and seen— is that one of the greatest gifts we can give our children is a great marriage. And I think in that great marriage, what that does, when I focus on uh, not only uh, focusing on like, oh, I want to talk to my spouse, I want to have a good marriage where we're together, and that's a whole other marriage um, conversation. But when it gets into parenting, one of the things that my wife and I have even tried to do that was important for us is, to to let our kids know that our marriage is even more important than our relationship to them. Now I know that may sound kind of funny, but but to let them know, like for my kids, mom is number 1. Mm-hmm. And and you as my child, I deeply love you. I will do everything for you, but you come after your mom. Like I I do that. So so some of the things um you know how that let me jump in
1: so i agree a th-
0: I, I don't think that's
1: weird at all i think that's a thousand percent accurate like <laughs> my daughters would tell you right now i have three daughters, they're all girls by the way so pray for me um but I, my daughters would tell you like the the last the if you disrespect mom if you talk back to mom you will see the fury of dad and i will use the phrase and i've used it uh five times probably so i don't like throw it around like i'm a weapon but i'll be like you will not talk to my wife that way and it's like, when I'm bringing in that weight to my daughter, they're like, oh my gosh, I disrespected mom, but I disrespected this guy's wife. And so I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, I'm like, I'll bring that weight to it of, and I'm not going to yeah. like be angry. I'm going to be like, whoa, 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 you will not disrespect my wife. You will not talk, talk to my wife that way. So I agree a thousand yeah, percent. Absolutely.
0: Well, and I think real practically what that looks like in communicating it to your kids, um, this is just decisions my wife and I, we made like, and even that she said she wanted to do. So when we brought our kids home from the hospital, instead of her riding in the back seat with the baby in the car seat, she was like, no, I'm, I'm going to ride in the front seat beside my husband. So she always rode and she helped put me first in that way, um, with our children saying to them, um, a couple things. One we've, we've said, um, yeah, like your mom, we, we said it in like serious, but also joking. Like your mom is more important to me. Like that's, that's this marriage matters. Um, we've also done things like mom always gets the front seat or dad, like, you know, kids are in in the back, like everything that prioritizes this marriage. But then the other side that we've been able to say to our children, and we've actually said these words is, um, uh, that, that my wife and I, have said, we're, we're never going to leave one another. Like, we're not going to leave each other. We're not going to divorce each other. It was in our wedding vows we wrote, and we said, we'll never divorce each other. So in that great marriage is prioritizing the marriage above the, the children, but also communicating to the children, there is a solid foundation that they can trust that we are not leaving each other we're not going away from each other, that they don't have to have that fear or doubt in their mind. And I think what all this does, when they see that strength, when they see the priority, when they see the foundation, it allows any type of anxiety in the home for them or worry about the home, the stability to begin to slip away because they know at home it's solid. Mom and dad are solid and it's solid at home. It's in a world of chaos home is solid.
1: Yep. And, and I'm a big proponent of not faking it. Um, meaning like, like we don't have to have this like perfect marriage in front of the kids and have carnage when it's just us. Like, let them see like the owning of mistakes. Let them see like, like if, you know, it's all right to bicker, but it's but you gotta own it and not disrespect each other. Like let them see the whole all of it. You know, like I think that you mm-hmm. have to be appropriate, obviously, of what you they're exposed to in your marriage, but uh let them see the whole gamut of emotions and restoration and serving each other and dating each other and liking each other, um, and arguing with each other and you know, all that, all that stuff. Let them see it all. And with that yeah, foundation I, that we're not, bu- we're, like, this is a, built on not our feelings. We're, we have a commitment to each other. Like, we're not, this is a yeah. s- stable, steady commitment to each other.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the the last couple of thoughts I have on on the marriage right here, I think one is in your marriage, but then this this will trickle into your, your parenting with your children is keeping things clear. So working through conflict, you know, Ephesians um, says, don't let the sun go down upon your anger. And so my wife and I, in the beginning of even our marriage, we decided, okay, we're going to uh, at least make sure there's peace at, at night before we go to sleep. If we've got any conflict, we got anything, we're going to get to peace. We may have to still work out logistics or next steps or what needs to happen the next day, but like we're at peace um, before we go to sleep. And I think when that starts in the marriage, that will trickle into, par- uh, into your parenting because what it starts to do is teaching your children, like, we're gonna clear things. We're gonna keep our hearts clear. We're gonna pull things out because things can build up in our heart. I mean, this is, we're talking to pastors and, and preachers, but they, they build up and they build up in our kids. Mm-hmm. So when we have a marriage that practices keeping things clear, it comes into our parenting where we're both on the same page of that same practice. We're gonna keep things clear with our kids. We're gonna work through those.
1: Yeah, if you have low level contempt for each other, your kids will know. <laughs> so they yeah. know uh, yeah. they're the biggest censors yeah. uh, uh, of all that of all time. Um, let me just walk through a couple things. Um, let me just say a couple statements, and then let's talk about them. And I, you may agree or disagree. I'd love to just banter about this a little bit. So um, I, I've been saying this a few with a with a, an aside, but I'm like the church doesn't mess up pastors' kids. Pastors mess up pastors' kids. Um, now, let me give an aside to. I know that there's probably some church hurt out there from uh, yeah. pastors or, or families that have been unjustly fired or have been treated really poorly. So that I'm not talking about that. But I think there's this this assumption. The bigger assumption out there is that we have to protect uh, pastors' kids from the church because the church is big and bad and scary and will do Mm. bad things to them. And I'm like, actually, the church is beautiful. It can be painful in in unhealthy places, but pastors are the ones that are responsible for messing up pastor's kids more often than not, not the church. And so I'm like, you know, don't protect kids from the church. Don't blame your your overworking on the church. Um, Don't blame your Mm -hmm. personal dysfunction and brokenness on the church. Um, Like you even said, like, speak highly about the church. Uh, be careful yeah. how wh- like how you talk about the church and people of the church with your kids, not like to hide from them, but like sometimes they only hear the church as negative, and then we blame then we wonder why our kids have a negative view of the church maybe so let me I just threw a bunch yeah. at you, like m- maybe respond to that a little bit
0: yeah i mean i i I think that it you have to ask what is your some of this is like what is your your philosophy and your way of approaching? things. I, I, I have a strong sense of responsibility. Um, so as a leader, I carry that and I say, I, I'm responsible for me, for my words, for my actions, for what I do. So I think in this case, what you're saying, Mike, when you say the church doesn't mess up pastors, kids, pastors mess up pastors, kids, is I have a great responsibility to also use discretion in what and how I share. As a, as a parent. When I come to my, my home, I have to have great discretion in how and what I share based on, especially with my kids. You know, you know this, Mike, like what my kids can handle at what age and what stage they are in. So there are conversations that we're having now with a 12 and 10-year-old that I never would have had with a five-year-old. There are things I'm able to verbalize and help them see. You're, you're even more at that next level. Teenagers, a 22 year old. And so I think we have to be very conscious of the discretion that we're used because sometimes we can come home. And um, I think my wife and I, we try to pay attention to this. Like, what are the things that we need to talk about? Are the kids around? And do we need to wait? do we need to not talk about that at the dinner table? Because we don't want them to have a jaded view of maybe something at church, maybe something with another leader, something with a staff member, a volunteer, or anything like that, that they don't get the full picture. So even with my wife, um, we t- Mike, we talk, we've talked a little bit about this, that we share kind of the same conviction is, if, if Mike and I which we don't get to work together in a church together, but that would be fun, it would by be. the way. Side yep. note. Um, but if we work together and we have a conflict, sometimes you go home and you're just, you're worked up on it. You're like, I can't believe they did that. And you're talking to your spouse.
1: Odds are, it's my fault.
0: Then, you're going home and you're mad at me and you need to
1: have a healthy place to vent and your spouse spouse is a healthy place to vent. So go ahead. Yes, this happened. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, we have this thing and my, and then I can easily build this case where now my wife is like, yeah, Mike's the worst. What a what a bad dude whatever she can build this whole thing up because she's my wife and she's she sees the maybe the hurt or conflict in me right but then if i go back to the office the next day and mike and i talk and we're like man that was stupid whatever you know man i forgive you Ha ha ha. we're like we're totally clear we're moving on if i don't ever come back and tell my wife that mike and i just knocked it out the next day and we're we're all good She's still carrying that mama bear that for real burden.
1: Because like, she's protective of you and she's yeah. your safe place. But if we've resolved it and you haven't helped them resolve it, like that's gonna leak on every uh, all the relationships. And so I think look yeah. with, with marriage, kids, all of that, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So the same thing happens with our kids is if if they hear these things, their image is being formed by our words and by our communication to them of, of the church. So we want to use great discretion in what we share, when we share, if, if we share. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, like what you talked about speaking highly of it, one of the things that we learned early on in um, church planning with our kids is, and I think I learned this from Andy, my, my boss who we've been with for now at church plant San Jose and now down at Saddleback is um, whenever the church would give us a, I don't know, like a frozen yogurt gift card, something for your family, or it's somebody's birthday or something like that. When we're eating the frozen yogurt, we go, guys, you know how we got this frozen yogurt? Man, like at that time, it was Echo Church in San Jose. We said, because Echo Church loves our family. That's awesome. And they love you.
1: That's so good. Planters, pay attention to that. The way that we talk about the provision and the blessing of the church will leak onto our kids. And the way that we talk about like our frustration or dysfunction of the church will leak on our kids as well. So, so sorry to interrupt. Yeah.
0: So so we would eat that frozen yogurt and say say this, and then um, Andy is uh, you know my boss, our lead pastor, and um, we've we've known them for so many years that my kids call him Uncle Andy. So we'll even also Bridget just say, and you know what else? Uncle Andy loves our family so much that he if it's something he gave us like a a gift or something like that. So we did that for gift cards. We did that with time off. We did that with sabbatical. We did that with anything that came from the church. We wanted our kids to connect the blessing to the church. Because if we don't connect the blessing to the church, then our kids only hear the burden, and they only connect burden to the church. And so I think that is so important for us to make sure we communicate that.
1: I love that. That's so good. Um, let me tick off a couple things and you can, we, and you can decide to talk about one of them if you want to, like, I think it's important. Like you gotta have a day off and it's not, and like, I mean, you have like, yes, for your own soul, but also for your family's soul. Like it's so like, have a day off. Um, I've, I've said like, if you're going to be a parent, you got to be at their stuff. Like the most important thing isn't your job. The most important thing is being their dad or their mom, so be at their stuff like now, can you do it every time? No, but can you make their stuff a priority? Yes um I, this one has been you know is I've watched this play out in a, a bunch of my world and friends and my life like like what they like, so if all of a sudden they get into Pokemon. Like, and I don't, that's not even relevant anymore, but get into it. You know, if they get into <laughs> anime, get into it. If they get into cars, get into it. If they get into a sport you don't know anything about, get into it. If they like F1, get into it. Like, just like what yeah. they like. Get get into their world and join them where they are. Um, I, And I think sometimes you want to bring them into your world too like bring them on trips Mm -hmm. and bring them in like into leadership and what a healthy leader looks like and like bring them into all those conversations, but don't always be pulling them up to your world. Also get into their world and like what they like some. Um, Don't bring work home. That's really hard pastorally. I like fight for that though. Like when you walk in, Like, uh, my father-in-law talks about, like, I, I would have a, in my mind, I would have a sword fixing all the problems and doing all the stuff throughout the day. And I'm, you know, making decisions and I'm writing things and I'm taking grounds and I'm in the kingdom and, you know, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. I've got this sword all day. And then when I come home into the garage or I come home and I pull under the driveway, I need to put my sword up because Mm -hmm. I'll pick it up tomorrow morning when I walk back out. But it's not time for sword. It's not sword time. (laughs) When I walk back Mm. home, it's dad time, and so don't bring like have that delineation in your mind. um, Make and this I'm pretty passionate about this one personally for us is like make people treat them normal at church. Don't let people put them on a weird pedestal and give them all the favors and do weird stuff for them at church. And don't let people like put like more expectation on them because they're your kids. Just let them be normal. Yeah, let them be normal in their in the kids ministry. Let them be normal in student ministry. Like this. Like, don't, so I I was pretty, I'm, I was pretty aware of that from the beginning. Like, don't let them, don't let people treat them better or don't let people put expectation on them because they're your kids. Any thoughts on any of those things?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I think, um, you know, one of the struggles oftentimes is in evenings. I think, um, when one, I, I would, I would make sure that you pay attention to how many evenings you're out. Yep. Um, I, I know when, when you're in the middle of plant phase in the beginning, those first couple years, you, you are all focused on get this thing off the ground because you may have raised support. You may have moved across the country. You may be in a new place and you know, okay, if this thing doesn't go in the next two to three years, um, we're going home. So you feel all of that pressure and you could easily fill up every night, multiple nights, um, with, with meetings, with meeting with people, with moving things forward. But I think you've got to really pay attention to, it's not just getting the church off the ground. You're also establishing your family. You are caring for them. So, so being upfront, I think one of the things that's really helpful on this is upfront to, to pre-decide how many evenings will I be out, you know, in a week and talk with my spouse where will I be able to put in time with my kids? And when you block in on your calendar, put a family day in there, and somebody says, Hey, can you meet on this day? And you're like, Oh, sorry, I'm booked. If you don't have to tell them what all it is, but just know, oh, sorry, I, I can't that day. I'm 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 booked. And and you just protect that time, like it's any other meeting or time that you wouldn't move. I think this is so important to ask, what can I what can I pre-decide to be there? with my kids, and with my family, um, like I, what Mike was saying here. I agree.
1: I, I would just encourage planters that I know that you have big vision. I know you have big initiative. I know you have big drive. I know you're an entrepreneur. Most likely, those things are true, or you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. But I, the the maybe the most healthy thing that you could bring to your city or your church is an awesome marriage and raising amazing kids that love Jesus. And I think we, yeah. o- we overestimate how much energy we need to, to make an awesome church. And we underestimate in, that, in, a, in a young parenting season of, of how important it is to m- even have a healthy marriage, have healthy parenting and kid relationships. Because we think that, like the church needs me to teach better or the ch- church needs me to lead better or the church needs me to have like vision, more vision. Actually, the, the healthiest thing you could do over 10 years maybe have an awesome family.
0: Yeah. And I think that some of that, it this is a different conversation as well, but like for us to take that time off to plug in with our, our parenting, I think it's two things. One, to realize the church is in God's hands. It's his church. He's doing the work and to constantly reframe my focus that he's carrying this and, and that my family is my responsibility. And I I heard this uh, somewhere, uh, I can't remember where, a long time ago. And I've done this um, multiple times where I, I've, especially when your kids are little and you're in the middle of that go run phase and your kids are small and you know, you're going into maybe crying kids and a crying mom and dirty diapers and who knows <laughs> what, and you're tired and all those things, but is, is to pull in the driveway, put the car in park, turn it off. Take a breath for a second and say, I'm going to my real job now. That's good. Like, I'm going to my real job now. And just get yourself mentally focused to change, to say, this is what's more important than what I've been doing all day. I'm stepping into the most important thing I'm going to do today. That evening, that bedtime, that dinner, that bath time, those conversations, like, this is the most important thing I will do today. Yeah, and sometimes we just have to tell ourselves that. Yeah, because so we don't want the, the, the people that we love the
1: most to get the least of us energy-wise or emotionally. Like we have to plant yeah, yeah. in a way that we ha- we are bringing, we can be tired and we can have days and like all that stuff, but we want to bring our best to our most important roles. And that's as
0: uh, a yeah. husband or spouse and, uh, and parent. And just in transparency, it is a battle. I am not perfect on that. I I come home too late too often. That's one of my my bad habits, is I work too long. I get home. I care my too mind much. I work there. too long. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I work too long. No, but like I get there, but then I'm at home and I, I'm I'm exhausted physically, mentally. I'm I'm a little fried. I find myself scrolling on social media or just spending time on my phone when I should be with my kids. So like when we say this, this is not like, oh, look at Mike and I, we've got it figured out. Like, well, I'm right. in the trench. Every, every week I'm like, dang, I got to do this better. Like, yeah. But I think these decisions along the way, they are what help us continue to move towards health and get better.
1: Yeah, and I've, if I was just fighting a little bit for the planter right now, if, the, if you have kids under 18, let's say under middle school, like, like, block out and prioritize the time right now, and maybe you say notice some opportunities, maybe you can't do all the meetings, maybe you can't do all the stuff, or do all the trips, yeah. um, or do all the conferences or the things. But you'll have that time back later, and, 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 but you won't have the, in ministry world, but you won't have the time back later in kid world. So like when your kids get older, my season, they're like, you know, moving into college and careers and like trying to figure it out. And, you know, like I have, we have way more time at home, Jody and I now in the evenings, they, they stay up later, but they're not always around us. Like early on, they always needed us around and we wanted to make sure we locked in. So you will have more time to do some of the other stuff later. I think we, we try to cram it all in early on in the, in the church plant world. Let me, let me pivot yeah. a little bit. Um, cause we both think that kids are the best church planters. Like we, it wasn't just that there you, go. you planted and I planted and we planted with our spouses. We actually planted, our family planted. And so we always mm-hmm. talked with our kids like they were church planters. Like it was, we involved them in the prayer process when we were praying about planting. Like, so they've mm-hmm. always been church planters. And so uh, you said a phrase that I love is like, involve them early. Um, and, yes. and eventually they'll serve without you around if they feel like it's the church that God's called them to plant as well. So maybe talk about what's in your heart on that.
0: Yeah, I think involving your kids early is so important. And again, like for me, I learned some of this doing next-gen kids and student ministries, even before I had kids, of just seeing the power of giving a kid a responsibility, a job, or something to do. They just light up. Right. I mean, you think about it. When your kids are from preschool and up, especially preschool and elementary, they they find so much delight and fulfillment in helping, just I mean if it's like move that cardboard box over like they they feel top of the moon I'm helping and dad so I'm helping we can, mom in, yeah oh yeah so when you can involve your kids early um they they do they it grounds in them it gives them connection to the church and purpose in the church the thing that I I think so many church planners and I'll say this like okay at everything, there is blessing and burdens, right? Right. Um, you are planting a church, and you are portable, and you've got cases and trucks and plastic bins. And it's a character building season. There. It's a
1: character building. season. It is season. a
0: character building. <laughs> pipe and drape, like I, like I get it. Been there, done that. It's there is a lot of burden in there, but let me tell you where the blessing is with kids. Set up and tear down is one of the easiest and, and simplest ways to involve your children early where they will love it. Because how much of it is like small things? Like, can you move these, this cookie tray somewhere? Can you grab this box? Can you help fold up these nursery floor tiles in the kids' area? So my kids, from the time they were young and, and in different phases, but once they hit kindergarten, that was a monumental time for us. Like They would start to go early with me. So I, I used to joke with people when they tell me they couldn't get up early, especially a grown man. I'd be like, well, my five-year-old daughter is going to pull trailers with me at five in the morning. Nothing will shame a grown man like a five-year-old daughter. <laughs> she can get up, yeah. But my kids, uh, we would do fun things. I think this is the thing. When you involve them early, you also do fun. So when they would get up at 5 a.m., they knew you turn five, you're in kindergarten, you get to do this. It's not every week but you get to do something special. We're getting you up super early. We're going to swing by and get a donut and we're going to go on the way to do setup and you're going to come and you're going to be here. And they just loved it. Or our kids in our kids ministry, when we would do tear down of the kids area, I can't tell you the amount of families and kids that would, the parents would be helping tear down the kids area, but the kids are helping tear it down. Yep. Uh, my daughters, when they were seven, eight, Uh, even nine in our portable environment, they learned as children to set up the entire coffee hospitality area. And they would work with some of these adults. So what happened is they're part of it. They're contributing. They're in it. They're having fun. But then they've got all these other adults that are widening the circle around them. And Yep. I just can't say enough about getting them plugged in early. And, and then
1: I agree. And then it becomes this, this is a normal part of how I live out my faith and life. And when they go off on their own in the season, you're not in yet, but you've, you've seen a lot of students out as a student pastor. Yeah. They like think it's normal uh, to be able to find a church, get involved and make it something that they own. Um, I remember when my middle daughter uh, who's 19 right now, she, she was like, uh, I was like, what are you going to do when you get older? You know, and you're asking when she was like seven and she's like, ah, probably going to, I'm going to be an executive pastor. I'm like, Oh, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I'm like, you know, that mom and I work at church and that's not what we do. She's like, no, I know. I know. I'm like, well, what do you, so what do you mean? Why are you going to be an executive pastor? And she's like, well, because they're the ones that get everything done. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that. (laughs) So I was like, I've never let her forget that. So that's great. That's great.
0: Uh, anyway,
1: that's awesome. It's so fun. Uh, it's so involve them. Let me let me just blast through a couple and we'll highlight one and then we'll wrap this up. And we could dive into any one of these probably for a while, but um like don't publicly blast their failures. Um like make them the hero in your stories if you are have an upfront pastoral role, not the bane of yeah. your existence. Um like like these kids, man, can you believe it? Oh, life would be great if we just didn't have these kids. Church planning be so easy if we just didn't have these kids. Like don't talk about them that way because you uh, unless you really feel that way, then you may need to get some counseling. Uh, but, uh, but like, don't talk about them that way. Cause you're like, you're it's just negative. Make yourself not the hero when you tell stories about them. Like, you know, make yourself not the parenting hero, make them the hero, not your, and not yourself, um, as best you can have a real faith at home, not a platform faith or a work faith. Yes. Um, bring them with you on trips or on things like when you have an opportunity as part of like, let them see the expansiveness of God's kingdom. Let go, bring them on the mission trip when they're not old enough yet, you know, cause they're with you, like, you know, do all that stuff. Let them go on the speaking thing. Let them go to the conference, let them go set up, like bring them with you along the way. Um, their dating life, political views, decisions is not a critique or a validation of your parenting. And I think some mm-hmm. of us are going to think that it's a critique of our parenting. And some of us are like, we have to, ne-, you know, Marlon, like in Finding Nemo, we have to control them so much that because their their decisions are a validation of our parenting. That, that's an unhealthy mm-hmm. way to view it. Um, fight for the relationship. Like as, as parents, you can win most any fight with your kid till they get bigger than you. Um, but, you know, but you can lose them and, and win the fight, but you could lose the relationship. And so figure out how yeah. you're going to do that. Um, pray for them every day let them know that you're praying for them I know that sounds uber spiritual and and cheat and, and, I'm joking uh, but we're pastors like let them know specifically how you're praying for them text them talk to them about it um, um, be the safe place for them um I, I think this is um, convicting for me of like when our kids mess up is it oh my gosh I messed up I can't tell my dad or is it like gospel like oh my gosh I messed up. I need to get to my dad. And I think, you know, I want to parent in a way that they want to get to me. I honestly don't, I think that they would, I I don't know that I'm there. I'm not, I don't know that I'm winning all those battles, but that's the goal for me is like, because I feel like that's what younger brother, Luke 15, that's what God is like. Like when I mess up, I got to get home and my dad will help me. You know, that's, that's the kind of parent I want to be.
0: Anything that resounds to you? That's so good. No, I think all of these things, I mean, you, you take these and I, I think that, as we wrap up and we just list off a bunch of these things is even right now, when you hear this, as you're processing, I would just take a moment and encourage you to just stop and pray just to say, Holy spirit, show me the one thing I need to focus on right now to be a better parent while I'm planting this church and pursuing your call. And, and just let God show you those things because you could go in and just start ticking these things off like in a box and checking them off. But then when God will highlight those things, if it's your, something in your marriage, if it's something in your time that you need to give your kids, if it's something in the involvement or the way you've been speaking, even some of these things, I would say just to, to let God point those out. But then to also maybe some of it is you need to take some time to just confess it, to say, you know what, God, I, forgive me. I'm sorry for the way I've been talking at home about your church, about your people. and and maybe it's just to, to confess, repent, like just let there be some some time with God in your life on this because so many of these things, like it, it is there is spiritual sides and there are practical sides. and we want to make sure that we we get into both that we're letting the Spirit work in our heart and we're putting these things into practice. And that's where we'll start to see god come through and i think you're going to see your parenting go to another level
1: preach and the enemy cheats like he's oh. after your heart and your soul and if he can't mess up you or your marriage he who cheats and he goes after your kids so be aware be protective uh fight that fight absolutely Planters, we love you. We are for you. Um, If you have any questions, we'd love to follow up with you. Man, do not do this alone. If you're interested in a cohort, jump onto the Ascent Leader, get in a cohort of planters. Uh, David and I both coach and lead in those areas. We love planters. We love helping the next generation of planters. I'm more encouraged about the church than I've ever been when I see the quality of planters that are in the pipeline and coming. So uh, don't do it alone. Uh, You're not crazy. Uh, Well, you are crazy, but a good kind of crazy. We love you and uh, grateful for the unfair advantage. Grateful for you, David. Much love, man. Yeah, back at you, Mike. All right, peace, guys.